Just Some Podcast Media. The thoughts and opinions expressed on Buried Pleasures are those of the host and the guests and do not represent any views of any organizations that we may volunteer for or be employed by. Listeners should be aware that there may, most likely, be profanity and discussions on topics that may require a little discretion. You have been warned. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Buried Pleasures. I'm your hostess, Pollyanna Amazing, and today we're going to dive a little deeper into what's your pleasure, and today we're going to talk with a really super cool guy, Jav, who is a composer, musician, brilliant mind, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, Jav, introduce yourself. Hey. Tell people what's up. <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Jav. I am a musician by trade, but I am paid by real estate. So <laughs> that's me in a nutshell. I won't go into all the hats that I wear, but we're, we're just going to focus on music today. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm super excited about this particular subject. Music is a, uh, is huge in my life and I think a lot of others. And so this is going to be a wonderful time. So you are in real estate. You're also a podcaster too. Let's not forget that. Yes, Tell them about podcaster. your podcast. Yeah, I'm the host of Decent Takes show. It's been going on for a little over a year and a half to show about current events. If you're easily offended, it's not the place to be. So just go ahead and just skip that I said that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that if people are listening to this show, they're not going to be offended by anything you're saying over there. <laughs> I, I thought so, but I see a lot of traction on your show. So there's always new <laughs> listeners. I want to let them know that if this is their first time hearing you, don't come to me if you're offended. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, that's, um. you know, I really try hard to stay within a certain set of lines, but a lot mm-hmm. of times I fail miserably at that. So I just, you know, authenticity and being myself is, is who I have to be. And I'm pretty sure that what I heard from you also, you're in the same kind of vein. So let's talk about composing. Tell me what, what's your inspiration for your, your compositions or do you have one or do you just sit down and you're just like one of those really super smart guys that just writes out music <laughs> that makes me want to punch people, but no. <laughs> so I don't know music theory at all. I don't, I can't read music when it comes to producing. I, well, music as a whole, like I think of how do I feel right now? And whatever I feel is what I can make. And if I can't feel that, I can't make it. So it's like, so the reason I have trouble with doing commissions for people is that there are people that are like, hey, I want this super happy, exciting, popping instrumental. And I'm like, 
I'm depressed <laughs> right now <laughs> and I can't help you right now. Like it's, yeah. that's a seasonal thing. Hit me up the day before Christmas. <laughs> I, I got you, but <laughs> right. it's a that's Tuesday awesome. in the middle of January, <laughs> you know? So the inspiration for it just comes from whatever is going on in life at that time. Yeah. Like all the way from, you know, how I feel will determine not only what chords we're playing or, or that, but also influence the genre. It'll influence a lot of things. Cause I always say like sonically, you feel different based on what music you're listening to. Yeah. Like nobody feels sexy listening to death metal, you know? So Listen, that's not true. There's some people out there that really throw down with, some, what is it? Lamb of God. I'm like, what is going on? How do you feel this way? Like, I feel great. I feel like bobbing my head but right. as far as like i'm not chilling right now listening to this i hear you so the inspiration <laughs> is it's variable like it, it changes literally from second to second you know you can be sitting at a piano or in front of a guitar for you the violin and, and feel a certain way and start playing a certain way and then you could get a phone call that you just got to raise or 10 grand more a year. And Get all of a sudden it. you're playing a whole new tune. <laughs> right. I think that's what kind of happened today. Like I'm on this whole nother vibrational level based on how my morning has gone mm-hmm. and it is phenomenal. But I say, you know, usually I start my day out with a little meditation and um, I have singing bowls and that sort of thing. And I know I that sounds that. a little, well, I do. I love it. And it sounds a little woo woo for some people out there, but you know what? It's science guys. Just so you know, your brain reacts to different types of frequencies and levels of music and sounds. And it doesn't matter if you think that one thing is good or the other, it's, it just works. And it's a true thing. That's why I think a lot of people don't realize how self-soothing it is to listen to music or to hum or to sing. That's that's how I get through my day, honestly. <laughs> For sure. And with those bowls, a lot of people do think they're crazy, but then they'll go listen to a song to make them feel better. I'm like, it's the right. exact same science. <laughs> right. Exactly. I, for the first time ever, it's been a few years ago, but I was able to go to a, what they call a sound bath kind of a concert. Right. And so there's a, a hundred, like a, what was a 101 Tibetan singing bowls is what it was. And it was, it was a, an experience that I can't even like, look, I'm stuttering. I can't even form the words <laughs> to explain or express yeah. how it made me feel in that moment. And that's one of those things that makes you really sit up and notice in the moment, which is sometimes we don't do that very often. We're always thinking of, oh my God, I have all this stuff I need to do. Or, oh my God, this happened yesterday and this really sucks. And, but that music is rolling you into this amazing wave of beauty and sometimes you know like get you going i'm a salsa music listener whenever i'm ready to get stuff done right like i laugh at it i'm telling you i love salsa music don't know i don't know why but it really gets me going (laughs) (laughs) i love it i mean i think that i really do think that people underestimate the beginning of the day yeah like you say that you meditate in the morning and i'm like I'm thinking of all the days that I get up and just rush to get things started. Day always sucks. Yeah. It always sucks. Like today I woke up, went to the gym and immediately started working on stuff. Mm -hmm. And like that midday exhaustion hit me at like 2 p.m. And I'm like, oh, it's time to go to bed. I'm like, nope, not a chance. (laughs) Still way early here. So, you know. (laughs) Well, it's still early. I mean, we're at what? We're at 2.58. I'm in Arizona now. I know oh, I said I'm right. from Georgia, but I live in Arizona now. So oh, nice. Is it warm there today? It is not. Okay. People are going to be so mad that I said it's not warm. Yeah. It's I'm like going to come down there. I'm gonna, 
It's 55. <laughs> Actually, it's warmer up here than it has been. But tell me um, when you are composing and you have these moments that you have those epiphanies of, of man, this I know I'm going to sit down and I'm going to play a little something, which is your go-to instrument of choice to do so? Or do you think in lines of I'm going to sit down and do a piano piece or I'm going to sit here and do a guitar piece because that's what it feels like it should be? Because I know piano and guitar are a little bit similar, but tell me about um, that. I definitely am a starting on piano person, mm-hmm. mainly because I play that the worst. Oh, yeah. <laughs> However, it's the easiest for me to mindlessly play. Sure. So I can just rest my hand on a keyboard and play the chords and go, okay, I like this chord with this chord. And then after that, I go, okay, now let me transfer this to guitar if it's a guitar feel or electric for electric feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but the keys is a great way for me to start because it's the simplest for me. I'm like, I just use three fingers over here and I just find it. And then I build off of that. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does. Totally. Well, it does to me. I don't know if it does to anybody out there, but I'm kind of, I kind of do the similar thing. I, I can't read music like you. I just, I'm just not there. And I love to, you know, if I hear something that, that intrigues me that I want to see if I know if I can reproduce that same sound in a way less technical way. Um, I'm going to totally try to do that. And I think that that's a cool outlet for um, a lot of things. I, I really think that the composer's mind is probably one of the most intriguing things for me. So that's why when you said, Hey, I'll come on your show. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yes, you will. Let's do it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a true pleasure to get to listen to that. So speaking of pleasures, moving past that, <laughs> I'm going to do that all day. <laughs> moving okay. past that. Cause I get, I, with you, I'm going to get sidetracked because I'm just, uh, I'm enamored by the brilliance that I, I see. Oh, I appreciate and that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I'm, I know, I know it sounds really like I'm trying to butter you up. It's not. It's okay. I'm, I'll take it. Yeah, take it. Just take it. Take it. Take it. So how long have you been composing? So I started writing music. I started writing um, lyrics to music mm-hmm. when I was nine. Oh, wow. And then I picked up a keyboard when I was about 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, I picked up guitar when I was 16 and quickly quit because it hurt my fingers. Oh. Like a little weirdo. And then <laughs> after that, it wasn't until I turned uh, 20, 21. Mm-hmm. 21 that I was put in a position where I needed to know how to play guitar. So I went to the store and I bought a guitar and I said, I'm going to spend enough money so that if I don't figure it out, I need to take it back. Oh yeah. So for me, that was 300 bucks. Was like 300 bucks on guitar. That is insanity. I don't even know how to play the stupid thing. <laughs> um, little did I know live instruments are very expensive. The more you like them. Sure. But I sat down every day. I, I, I put it up on the wall and I said, every time I walk past this guitar, I have to play it for five minutes. If I have time to walk past it, I have time to sit down for five minutes. So that's what I did every day. I just played it, played it, played it until I understood it. And then now I play the the two guitars, the piano mm-hmm. enough to get by. And then uh, writing music or writing lyrics is probably the biggest thing that I've done. What about your singing voice? Oh, yes. I, I couldn't sing when I was younger. Like I wasn't one of those kids that was just belting Adele when they were five. Like, God bless those, but it's unfair. <laughs> I like got in choir when I was in high school and kind of learned some stuff. And then I got a vocal teacher when I moved out here because I wanted to sing in a band. And I was like, I got to get more technically trained so that, you know, I can navigate songs better and 
jump out of my comfort zone. And um, now I sing with with a band. I I help some people doing vocals on their songs and stuff like that. That's awesome. been good. Yeah, you know, I, I often think that when we meet musicians or people who are very talented in music, that's the first thing you want is like write me something, write something that's that's just going to be great and fun and what have you. But that's not kind of how it works, right? Like it it takes a little bit more than somebody else is feeling for you, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the thing that's really cool about music is that there are a lot of people who tend to take less risks because they're not good enough to do those risks, mm-hmm. um, where I see that as an opportunity to network with somebody else to bring them in. Yeah. Right. So I'll have this sick guitar part in my head that I can't play because I don't play lead guitar yeah. very well at all. And I'm like, hey, my friend Joey is extremely good at lead guitar. Hey, this is what I hear in my head, oh, da, 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 whatever. And he's like, okay, let me do that now. And then he'll take it and create it. And then now the piece that I thought I couldn't put in because I wasn't good enough to play it, I can now put it in there because Joey knows how to play it. That's phenomenal. Thank you, Joey. (laughs) Leaning on other people to get the music sonically the way that you want it. Sometimes there are, you know, songs that I write that I can't sing. Like I can sing it in the way that I can, but it would sound so much better if it was, you know, four keys higher. Sure. So I reach out to, you know, one of the female vocalists that I know, hey, can you sing this in this key? Because I can't. Well, I can, but it's going to sound like a dying whale. So (laughs) (laughs) you should sing it. And now it's going to be sonically beautiful. It's like thinking outside of the box, thinking outside of your limitations will ultimately bring you more pleasurable results. Oh my gosh. That's such a smart thing you just said. (laughs) Pleasurable (laughs) results. Who knew that you would get that from collaborating with people who are like-minded That's a discussion that I have on a daily basis with people. Like, how can I bring myself into a better state with the people that I associate with? Right. So I think that that's a uh, it's a brilliant way to get your music to the point where you want it, because you're just trying to share it. Right. It's not like Mm -hmm. something you're trying to hide in a box and and not let anybody else see. It's one of those um, amazing ways that people can communicate even, you know, even though we don't speak every language out there, you can dance to the beat of any kind of song or you can be moved by a composition of instrumental whatever. That's what got me so excited when you said yes to coming on the show. Yay. (laughs) Well, the thing for me, I realized is like, if there's any musicians listening, you have to ask yourself, do you care more about getting credit for the song? Or do you care more that the song comes out the way that you want it to? Mm-hmm. Because there are going to be things that you can't do. Unfortunately, you can be the jack of all trades and the master of none. That's literally what I am. I'm really good at a lot of, no, I'm good at a lot of things, but I'm not great at much. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. And that's how we, I mean, like, that's how we go through life, right? That's how we make those important connections with other people and make ourselves, you know, into people who are functioning and not uh, crawling into holes every day, just being alone. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I agree. 100%. (laughs) So you do all these musical things. You're also in reality, I hear. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It pays the bills. I feel you on that. And that, you know, with podcasting the same, it's kind of the same, right? As, as music is all of those things that you're really putting yourself out there without any backup 
of anybody else. It's just you raw, naked job hanging out there. Not that I'm saying you have to be naked, but sorry. (laughs) We're emotionally naked. Emotionally (laughs) naked. Thank you. I have some different listeners on here sometimes, so I have to really like. Yeah, I got to be careful. Like, Josh's naked on his podcast. No, uh-uh. unless you want to get not, naked. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. If you want to get naked on your podcast, fans only or only fans, how's that go? Yeah, whatever, <laughs> however you want to do it. There's got to be a paywall. I'll tell you, I'm not cheap. <laughs> and you shouldn't be. You never Don't settle. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> You know, that whole putting yourself out there and people don't realize when your creativity is up on the chopping block is that's about the way it feels sometimes, you know, with podcasting, music making, any kind of artistic, your interpretation of something you're trying to put out. When people come back with these negative things to say, and not to say that people are saying negative things about you, but when you hear something that isn't exactly what you want to hear, you have to kind of, it's like, oh, shoot. You, you didn't like that? I love it. I think it's great. And now, now you're turning it into something that's not, and I don't like that now, <laughs> right? Yeah. So whenever I do the podcast, you know, I always tell people, if you like the show, please let me know. If you don't, I don't care. Don't tell me. Yeah. You just don't. I mean, <laughs> for, you know, there's, there's some value to criticism. Sure. But the issue is that we can say that all day, but. Right. When people come in with hate comments on your show, on your music, nine times out of 10, it's not to make you better. It's just right. to be a troll. <laughs> so right. Oh my gosh. I, I welcome all constructive criticism, but if you're going to troll or you just don't, if you just straight up just don't like it and don't have any way to make it better, yeah, yeah. you can just go. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Thank you. Don't need you. Don't, exactly. That's one of those huge things that I have taught, tried to teach my kids. If you have a complaint about something, if you want to, you know, say you don't like it, then figure out a way to fix it before you complain about it, because I'm not going to do anything that's going to help you from this point on with your negativity. It doesn't matter We're it's like talking to a wall and there's no sense in it. And I'd like to do more happy, creative things than yeah. sit around and, and listen to negativity. Absolutely. Don't bring me a problem if you don't have a solution or if there is no solution, because right. then what's the point? What is the point? Why are you trying to tell me that? Exactly. Just to I just be- don't like your personality. Okay. Then let me just change myself. Yeah, <laughs> no, just for- go away. Exactly. (laughs) So in your music and in all the things that you've been doing, your podcasting, your, your real life and in the world, when you're not job, the music guy or the podcast guy or the reality guy, what do you find you gravitate towards when it comes to pleasure? And it doesn't, I, this is a question of, I'm not asking you about your sexual pleasure or any other type, but when are you the most happy in your life? without all of those things what do you do when you're not that yeah silence surprisingly yeah you know everything i do requires me talking Uh or me singing or me making some type of noise Uh and so when i just want to get back to like peace i just need silence or or like something ambient that that doesn't have feelings that doesn't have emotions so like I'll go out for a ride on the motorcycle. All I can hear is the motorcycle Mm. and the motorcycle doesn't have feelings. The (laughs) motorcycle will not be upset about something. will not be happy about something. will not be this or that. We'll have nothing to say back. We'll just exist. Yeah. And so the sound of something just existing works. Oh my gosh. So maybe a fan or a car is driving by or, 
rain especially is perfect for me because I'm like, rain is just existing. Like I don't owe rain anything. Rain doesn't owe me anything. I just have silence. I have peace and I've quiet. Like my brain's quiet. Did you learn that yourself or did somebody teach you that? I learned that myself in a weird way. It was something I didn't know that I did until Mm -hmm. like somebody was in my car and they're like, why is your radio not on? And I was like, oh, I was driving earlier and it wasn't on. They're like, you were just driving in complete silence. And I was like, yeah, I like the sound of, you know, things that don't need anything from me or don't want anything. And I don't know like what? And I'm like, okay, apparently this is a me thing. <laughs> like apparently this is something I should keep in my head. <laughs> no, I think you should tell it to more people because I, I really think that there's some value in it. For the most part, when I'm in my car, I am always listening to music because I am a, like, an ADHD kind of chick. (laughs) And so my mind is, it goes six ways a Sunday all the time. (laughs) So to focus on something, I need that. But I will say there are days when, and this has been a lot lately that I just turn off everything, which is totally not something that I've ever done in the past because I'm a, an old ER nurse and, you know, I'm like, got to go, got to go, got to have my mind on something or my mind wanders into, you know, bad territory. Like I, I start thinking about things that I, I, I don't need to, they're gone, they're over, they're done, or, you know, stuff that may be in the future. I just need to focus on the moment. So that's kind of how I do that. But I don't know whatever made me start doing that. Like you said, you kind of taught yourself to self-soothe. I'll call it self-soothing. You taught yourself that. And that's an an amazing ability because there's not a whole lot of people out there that can do that. Just like you being this amazing composer musician. (laughs) There are some people out there that can write music and lyrics and be successful. Mm -hmm. But there are other people who actually feel the music. It's a visceral thing. It's not just a job. It's a life. And I think that it sounds like that's kind of, sounds like that's where you're at. I I just assume. Yeah, I think that there are a lot of things that we do and we don't really know how to explain until we do know how to. Like, I think that if somebody would have asked me what you asked me, maybe even a week ago, yeah, I probably would have said, you know, I just like it to be quiet. Mm-hmm. And then that probably would have been the end of it. And I think that as like you think about it more, you start to go more in depth with why you do what you do or why you love what you love and, and why things. And, and it also may have helped that I've been binging your podcast, like in preparation oh, for the I'm past so 24 sorry. hours. <laughs> no, I've, I've learned a lot about people. So that's cool. Have you? Okay. Oh, like, yeah. I've, I've already heard it before. And then I was like, but what if I'm confusing it with somebody else's podcast? And then like I get on and somebody I have no idea. I was like, I don't know. You know how brain. Yes, just goes crazy I do. Sometimes. I do. And then and- about 10 minutes before I was like, you know what? It's going to be fine. And then when you popped on, you're like, today's been the greatest day. I'm like, yes, it has. Let's go. We're good. Right. <laughs> Today has been a great day. And, you know, so, so, uh, so much of my time is spent trying to help other people feel better. That's what I do. That's my job in my real life work as a nurse practitioner and also in my teaching of Tibetan Buddhist Tantra, whatever I do. My job, I'm a mom. I lots of hats. I'm a hat wearer too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the hats, of hats possible. Right. So I try a lot to make other people feel good. And then sometimes I sit and think, shoot, I forgot. I'm the one that needs to feel good too. 
Yeah. So doing the podcast and talking to really cool people and finding out how they deal with their stressors and what makes them have pleasure opens up, like you said, a whole nother realm of, wow, why did I do that? Why haven't I done that? Well, let me try that out. Maybe that'll be a good thing too. Or maybe I can manipulate this piece of that to make it my own. I think that that's an amazing ability. Self-soothing is an amazing ability that a lot of people do not have that ability because we're all so angry. We're all so shut off the, you know, pandemic, blah, blah, blah. You can talk about any of those things that keep us apart. But I think the pandemic has really put it in the forefront uh, for everybody to see that being alone sometimes really sucks, but sometimes it can be really great too. It really can. And I I think that a lot of people don't even realize, don't know how to get themselves out of a bad mood. Right. And I am 80% of the time, one of those people. But the 20% of the time that I can lock it in, I can switch my mood. <laughs> and I think that going off of music, if someone, if somebody's brand new to this, right? And they're like, how do I find pleasure in music? Because mm-hmm. most people will say, I like listening to music. Right. And that's a good thing. And you said that when you listen to salsa music, it makes you feel good. You're ready to go. That's how you get things done. Yeah. And you're aware that that type of music bring, evokes that type of emotion. Whereas somebody else is just like, I like music, click on music. And then, wow, I feel like garbage. And it's like... Yeah, because you're listening to the music that makes you like garbage. So separate the things. If you're just sitting in your car, do your shuffle playlist and go after you listen to a song. Okay, how do I feel after this song? Okay, that's going into this playlist. Playlist one is happy. Next song. mm, I don't really know about this one. I'm going to put this in playlist six. I don't know yet. (laughs) Next song. I feel sad too. Next song. I feel angry Four. like just start separating it all out and then go back through it when you're happy. Do all these songs really still make me happy? Yeah. When you're sad. All these songs still making me sad. Yep. Leave those there. I need to go play my middle tier playlist because I can't jump from sad straight up to happy. I need to like gradually make my way up. It's like when you think like sonically the science behind sound and frequencies, like you can really change your day. And I don't want to say change your life because it sounds cliche. You can change your life, but you could <laughs> definitely change your day or change your moment just based on sounds. Well, for sure. I definitely, there were times I, when I worked in the ER years ago that I would pull up and know that, you know, it's going to be a rough one. You know, (laughs) you can already tell by the parking lot when you get there. (laughs) So I would kick on something like in this moment. So like heavy female, you know, heavy female metal, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, because I like to scream and I, you know, just, the vibration of your vagus nerve, honestly, that innervates all of your organs in your body really does something to your brain. And it switches to this ready mode for me in that moment, within this moment, (laughs) (laughs) just something to make me feel like, okay, we're going to war. Let's get it. Let's go. You know, gets me hyped. Yeah. Yeah. Gets the juices flowing, ready to go. And, and that's a good place to be to know that, like, that's the music that's going to create that because some people would just go get into the parking lot and go, oh, today's going to suck. Right. And then right. just walk straight into work. And then that day sucks where you're like, this day's going to suck, but I'm going to make it as least sucky as possible right. because it may not change. It's not going to change the day, but it's going to change how you approach the day, right. which is the big part. Right. So you're not initially walking up and punching people in the face. You're going to give them a moment to speak to you before you do that. Right. (laughs) The the longer you can delay the punch means the less people get punched is really what it is. (laughs) (laughs) That a 40 it's four, you know? (laughs) 
so fantastic. Do you think that teaching children music, I know you said you taught yourself and I, I, I don't want to assume that your parents were music people, but no, not at all. Not at all. So how can, a, how does a guy like you talk to, I mean, you said you were 21, right? 24 now. 24. Oh, my yeah, son's turned 25 on Friday. Oh, you do? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're going to get a really super happy birthday uh, surprise. You just wait. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> totally. So you, when you're talking to people who are younger than you now and even older people, but I mean like people that really will start to look up to you before your podcast for the fact that you're, you're doing all these things. Do you think that there is a certain way that you're going to start a conversation with people when they start asking you about that? Yeah. I've had the pleasure of working with a lot of young people. I actually used to work with kids, teenagers for, I mean, the last five years. And one thing I always try to teach first is balance because the burnout is real on anything. That you learn. And I know that the reason I didn't learn guitar when I was young is because I couldn't balance trying to learn it and also not being good. Like I wanted to be good at it so bad that I tried to force myself to be good at it and then I wasn't. And so I quit. And so learning that balance of, okay, I'm only going to practice for 30 minutes today because if I practice for six hours, I'm not going to want to do it tomorrow. And that's really in anything and learning how to balance that with your regular life so that other things don't fall through the cracks. It's like until you get older, you don't understand what balance means. Yeah. And then by then it's too late, you know, because then you're like, okay, I got to get the kids to school. I got to do this. I got to say goodbye to my husband or my wife. I got to make sure that they feel validated. I also need to do my day job, but I feel creative and I want to do a podcast, but I'm also a musician and I do this. And so trying to find that balance is absolutely insanity. And you never really have it completely balanced, but you have good seasons and bad seasons in each piece. <laughs> so preparing the youth for that is important so that they're not running like a chicken with their head cut off at, at 21, thinking that their life is over because they don't have a career yet. Yeah. And so if I were to get somebody to come to me today and they were like, hey, I want to learn how to play guitar. I'll say, okay, first off, you need a guitar, but set out how you plan on doing it first. Set out a timestamp of Monday, Tuesday, I'm going to skip Wednesday, play Thursday and Friday, skip Saturday and play Sunday. And I'm going to do this for 30 minutes. Set that schedule. But first, once you give me that the first schedule, I know that you're being overambitious. So I'm going to tell you to cut it in half and start with that first. So now you're doing Monday, Tuesday, skipping all the way till Saturday. And then you're playing again, Monday, Tuesday, skipping to Saturday. Okay. That's a reasonable schedule. You like that? It's working for you. You still feel like you have free time? Perfect. Let's add in Wednesday. Do that for a couple of weeks. Wednesday's looking good. I still feel good. I still love it. Perfect. Still skip Thursday, but do Friday. And now, now you're at that original schedule that you wanted, but you eased into it rather than jumping straight into this and then burning out immediately. Cause there are a billion things I tried. Like if you name it, I tried it <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless it's like a jumping off a building. So I have not tried that. Okay, um, <laughs> I've tried a billion things, but never balanced them. And so they didn't work out and I never learned how to do them. So I think that if I were to teach somebody something first, I would teach them how to balance what they want to do and then getting into how to do it. That is the first time that anybody has ever said that in that way. And I think that that's perfect because we jump head first, not even feet first, head first into, I want to be creative. I want to do these things. I'm going to get this, 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 and this, and it's all going to be perfect. But mm -hmm back up. I forgot that I, I do have to do dishes and I have to cook dinner. And also I have to go to my job. Gosh, that's really a, um, that's a, a brilliant perspective on that. 
I think that when it comes to music, if you can get kids into music from birth on, (laughs) I think that that's for the best. Yeah, it would be because it really can help get get yourself into a different mindset. I, I think that that is such an important piece because people, you know, we're all seeking something. I don't know what it is that we're all seeking, but we all have our own thing that we're we're wanting to do or create or be. And if music is that building block, that first step, I think that it makes you a whole lot more receptive, cosmically, you know, emotionally, physically ready to receive more. And music is just something that, again, you can, it doesn't matter what language you speak, you can dance to it, you can move to it, it can make you feel. And I'm one of those people, like, I I have very visceral experiences with music, gives me cold chills, I can feel it, I can hear it, I can taste it, I can see it. It's just one of those things that, that makes me, that's probably one of my biggest passions is just discovering new music that I've never heard before with different weird and unusual instruments of whatever, you know, it really (laughs) makes me think of now. My father-in-law is a huge banjo player, by the way. And he was so, he was so happy when he found out his son was marrying a girl from Kentucky. If you can imagine (laughs) by proxy, by proxy bluegrass. That's right. Um, (laughs) It's it's in her blood. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. And really, honestly, I, I do love bluegrass music. I grew up around a, a phenomenal band that played in the front yards in the summertime, right? So the whole neighborhood set, would sit out and listen to this and the music would just flow up and down the holler. By the way, I'm just going to call it a holler because that's what it is. Rock Creek. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up off Rock Creek. <laughs> anyway, without that experience of hearing those different kinds of music and that sort of thing, I would have never been able to be who I am. But again, having that banjo-ness that I got, my father-in-law sends me, you know, uh, bluegrass music all the time. Or you know, It's so funny. So I started finding the bluegrass players that play stuff like ACDC and that sort of thing. I was sending that back to him. And he's like, yeah. man, this is some really cool stuff. I never knew that it was it's out like, there like the that. The meeting of the minds. Right. So it's just a different way. And if you can tap your foot to one, you can tap your foot to the other. You know, you can hang your hat on a couple of different genres of music that you didn't even know that you really, because honestly, how many times have you said, why not you probably, but you've heard people say, Ooh, I don't like jazz. I don't like country. I don't like this. I don't like that. But really, honestly, it's all music. It's just a brilliant thing that music can do. And I love it that you take interest in kids too, because that, again, is huge. It's huge. But a great thing to remember also is that these people are going to take this stuff that you teach them or that they hear you say and turn it into something that they teach somebody later, which what a legacy, Jav. I mean, look at you legacy ended up at the age of 24. When you get to be 50, another 20, oh, you're gonna be 25. So another 25 years. Yeah. Where do you see yourself? Like, what do you think you'll be doing? Uh, Well, fingers crossed, I'll be retired. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Shut your mouth right now. (laughs) (laughs) With, With how my life has been so far, I honestly have no idea. Yeah. I feel like I've dabbled in so much and then I go to something and then come back to it. My dad describes it best as once I get good at when I, once I get good enough at something, I get bored of it. Yeah. But the one thing that's been consistent has been working with teenagers, kids. So I'm hoping that by then 
I will have some sort of large scale program going either like a, a musical thing. Like here in Phoenix, we have the Alice Cooper's house or school of rock or something, whatever it's called. They've got like a production studio, they have instruments all over the place, video games, pool tables, all that stuff. And like kids can go there and learn how to paint and draw and play guitar and play piano. Something like that would be super cool. That or I'll be homeless. So it's, it's, it's going to be one or the other. I'll, either my ambition will take me to the moon or I'll be homeless. It's There's no middle. Well, I tell you, I, I believe that in my heart that you're going to not be homeless unless That's you want to be. I, I mean, you probably could be. I don't. I, I, I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass. <laughs> Some people like to live on the road, you know, no shame in it. No shame in it. I mean, like there are worse things than people there are up after you, you know, like whatever. Go to a hotel. Stay. I have friends who live in hotels, right? Because they mm-hmm. don't want to, they want to travel all over the world. I have friends that live in tents. It's mm-hmm. cool. Do what you got to do. What makes you happy. The van life is real now. Oh Family. my gosh, People right? Love that bus life. Bus life. Huge. Like here in the Pacific Northwest, there are tons of people. I, how the heck can you afford a place to live, by the way? Because it's stupid, ridiculous to yeah. even purchase a home here. And I was and- looking at the homes there. I was like, whoa, <laughs> that is bad. Like, because I told you we stayed in Madison Park. And yeah. so my real estate <laughs> mind always goes, I wonder what this house is worth. And so I like looked it up on Zill and I was like, holy crap, there's no right. shot I could ever live here. Right. Right. And oh, oh, by the way, you're not allowed to because the market is so strenuous that you can't ask for an inspection for a house that was built in 1902 (laughs) because somebody's going to outbid you by one hundred thousand dollars over the asking price of a million already. It's silly. Uh, It's it's really silly. But, you know, what do you do? It's a beautiful place to be, though. (laughs) I actually wanted to get your thoughts on something. Sure. uh, Because you asked about introducing music to kids. And I know that this is a subject that some people don't really believe in, but I feel like you probably do, but I don't want to assume music therapy for children. I've heard a ton of, a ton on it. I've seen it in practice. And I think personally, that's a beautiful thing. I don't know if you've ever like experienced that or like seen it. It's funny that you say that my daughter is in school now to do science. She wants to be a psychologist and her focus wants, she wants to do music therapy, music and art. Wow. (laughs) Right. It's so funny that you say that, but she really, again, she's this virtuoso. She taught herself how to play whatever. Um, She does amazing things like that, but I have seen music in action. I have a a nephew, my great nephew, actually. It's my nephew's son who has autism and he responds so well to music that it's almost like it's something you can't explain until you see it. When you see the look on a child's face, who's not, he's nonverbal. He's getting better though. He is speaking a little bit more now, but when you see that light that you don't normally see, or you see, you start noting behaviors that have improved based on the fact, okay, so we're playing this set of musics. There's no outlandish things going on while that's, you know, playing. And then you, you play a different set of music and it's a little more anxiety causing, or you see some behaviors that start to happen. But I 100% believe in music therapy for kids, for adults even. Did you know, like, I know you said you like the silence, but one of the things that I find is so weird is that people that don't listen to music at all, period. Yeah, I, it blows my mind. 
I can't, I can't imagine a world without some sort of music in it. My sister, for example, she drives, she does, she's a Lyft driver, I guess. She doesn't listen to music and she's never listened to music like I do. And it's like, what the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm listening to either music or podcasts almost 24 seven, but like right. once I realize my brain is super muddied, I'm like, okay, we got to go quiet now. Right. It's, it's funny that you talk about your great nephew yeah <laughs> um, my sister she passed away a few years ago but she was nonverbal, autistic yeah and I swear that the only thing she'd respond to is music <sighs> like you could you can the thing about being nonverbal is that all you have to base whatever's going on is how their reactions are like they can't articulate to you like I'm in a bad mood or I'm in a good mood because sometimes you know, somebody can say, I'm in a good mood. And you're like, okay, you're in a good mood. That's awesome. But the only way they communicate is just being themselves. And so like, there'd be certain music that would like, just make my sister dance. And I'm like, that is her happy spot right there. Like you put that on, she's happy. Take it off. She's not happy. Right. Well, I'm sorry to hear that that tragedy happened to you, sweetheart, that, that really, your experience will carry you for the rest of your life with that. And that's why you should definitely, definitely continue what you're doing with working with children because you've seen it and yeah, not, absolutely. and not everybody gets to, to, to witness that. And when you witness, when you're witness to something, it's, it's much more powerful and it will give you a bigger purpose. Right. And I think that why not go into music therapy? I mean, I know I'm trying to get you to go to school right now. Sorry. It's a mom thing. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing me, I'll find a way to get into it without going to school. And that's fine too, but hook up with whomever you need to hook up with to get that plan started. Write it down, manifest it, make it happen. Make your vision board, put whatever it is. Do your Alice Cooper's uh, imagination land. I don't know what it's called, but anyway. Either. I, I could have made that name up, but I know it's Alice Cooper's. It's House of <laughs> It's either House of Music, School of Music. I could be mixing School of Rock, the movie. School of Rock, whatever, whatever it is. But Wait, is no. it School of Rock? It yeah, really well, might be School of Rock. <laughs> it might be. Now that you said that. <laughs> whatever it is, though. I mean, think about it. There are Alice Cooper, for instance, started out his life as a normal, everyday kid who liked mm-hmm. music and moved on. And not that everybody out there these days know who that is, but I think it's really an important thing to know that you came from this certain spot where you are and you're moving forward. And what you're doing is leaving a trail of amazing stardust and wonder for people. And that is super cool because nobody wants to, to follow somebody into the dark. But if you got that little bit of light behind you trailing, they're going to follow you and you got it. And that's super amazing. I'm I get I'm I'm gonna get all giddy, 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 giddy. <laughs> I think that whenever we start talking about your, this is a pleasure for you. It's it's your pleasure to to really help other people, help kids. It's such so, such a smart thing to just we t- we are always trying to reinvent the wheel. I think you know. Yep. You don't know what you want to do, but you have all these ideas. But really, you're doing this one certain thing, which is you're a composer. So compose and write stuff that makes other children intrigued and then show it to them and make them interested and make them also, you might find the young you out there, right? You might find the young job, the nine-year-old job looking for some beats. (laughs) Yeah, for real on YouTube. 
Right. Wait, wait I didn't have YouTube. <laughs> I had a, a burned CD that I bought from somebody. Uh-huh. That, well, I didn't buy it from them. They gave it to me. Like they like downloaded instrumentals off of LimeWire. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. That was a long time ago, huh? <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're about we're, we're about 10 years behind in our little city. <laughs> so. All right. Listen, I grew up in about 30. It's right now. It's only 2002 in the area of Kentucky. Where yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's a quiet 2002, just so you know. Anyway, (laughs) really, honestly, do you think music therapy might be something that later on that you'll totally, and I'm not making you trying to make you go. Um, I think that it's something that could probably be incorporated. Yeah. I feel like it just depends on where society goes with, (sighs) with teenagers. Cause like, you know, when I was younger, not that it was, you know, a million years ago, like we had sports like that was our getaway and then like i had my little cd player that i had in my hoodie and like you were really limited on the music that you could listen to and so that's how i was so influenced by hip-hop and at first and then influenced by rock and when we had rock cds and like now kids are influenced by so much because they have you know netflix with a million movies on it and and spotify with a million songs on it apple Podcasts with a million podcasts on it and so they're taking in so much information that I feel like kids don't even know what they like anymore. Like, <laughs> right. Because there's too, there's too many possibilities where when I was younger, you were kind of, you kind of liked one thing or the other, right. and, you know, you only knew what you had access to whatever VH, like people always like, you're so crazy for not having seen classical movies, like the lion King and this and that. And I'm like, we didn't have it. So I, I, right. I wasn't going to be a grown man watching Lion Gang at eight, you know. <laughs> you might as well. 21 sitting on my couch watching Lion like, like. Oh, it's okay. We watch cartoons all the time here. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is great. But it's like you become, when we were younger, like you become a part of whatever ecosystem you're in. You have an echo chamber that you're in and, and you're only reinforced ideals that that were handed down to you. And then as you get older, you grow out of them and you grow out, you learn, you mature, all of that. But these kids have access to everything. Right. So I don't know if they'll really hone in on certain things like we kind of. Right. Well, there is a, there's a a Buddhist lesson in this, by the way, (laughs) just so you know, there is, you know, there's a reason why Buddhism is so simplistic because you don't, you, you just follow the path of loving kindness basically. And you don't have to you don't have to have all these choices. You just have what you have in the moment. And that means instead of offering six different colors of a toy car, offering one is enough. Yep. And they will like it regardless of whether or not you spent $10, $2, $1,000. They're going to like whatever it is that you hand them to play with because they're kids and they can mm-hmm imagine things. I think that that's a a huge big piece of this is that kids aren't going to be as, or have the ability to be as creative with a stick and a rock. If they have the whole tree and a whole garden of rocks to play with, you're not going to see the same things that you would, if you had them in the singular, you know? Yeah, it's true. And And like the creativity really gets stumped when everything almost seems like it's already been done. Like, yeah, if you think about the internet and what it was and it's in its beginning mm-hmm. you'd be like okay there's there's this and this and then now there's google 
Bing, Yahoo, and this and this. And then there's all this. And like just the idea of how many subcategories of everything that exists. Right. People can really like niche in to the one thing that they like and then never get out of it. <laughs> right. Like right. I like video games that are not animated, that are real life, that take place in the Civil War era, that are first person, that have a storyline that is this long, like it's so dialed in. Every there are so many possibilities to everything. I don't know if people I feel like I'd be so confused now as a kid. Yeah. We just took away the only way that kids could communicate and be together at school when the pandemic hit. That's definitely going to be a a wait and watch kind of thing to see how this, and you know, we're all changing. I think we've all had to do a lot of changing and making things better by simplifying them might not be a bad thing. That's why, you know, there, you have those people who are doing the vans now, like simplified. Because why are you buying that million dollar house that just sits there? You can't have, ex- you can have experiences in the home, but it's not like you can go out and see and, and really be active in the beauty that's all around us already. I think, and, and, you know, even technology does that to us, right? Like we're always looking at our phones. We're on a computer right now. We're talking yeah. on a podcast. We're, you know, we're doing a zoom meeting, whatever, when we could just be, simply sitting, looking out a window or walking outside. Not today. It's a little gray here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, like really taking notice of of the things that are going on Mm -hmm. in nature too, to take us away from that static connectivity with our, our devices. Yeah. And I am huge on that. I always say that I've been off of Facebook and Instagram for about six months. Uh I went on and checked. And the last time I was on Facebook, and my Instagram, like my personal, like wasn't for podcast promotion was mm-hmm. September of 2020. There you go. And I did it originally just to see if like I reduce, if I reduce my screen time, could I be more productive in other things? And I know people hear that nonstop, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but it, it truly started off as something that I just wanted to do for 30 days to see if it would work. Yeah. And then I just kind of forgot that I had Facebook and Instagram <laughs> for that long. It's um, kind of hard though. Right. It does get one when you have a podcast and you're trying to be successful and you, you do have to do a lot of networking to Mm -hmm. make yourself out, put yourself out there. Um, Twitter spaces is my go-to anymore. um, Whenever I want to interact with people, or if I'm looking to, I'm always asking the question, what's your pleasure, right? I'm always, I want to know what people think. And I've been in different, like I'll hit up a room on by I, I was on one the other day about bipolar people with bipolar disorder who are there together chatting. And I was like, I want to get in on this chat. Can I talk to you guys? I don't have bipolar disorder, but help me to help other people. Right. So those are the kinds of things that that's the, that's the social media that I am engaged in most, honestly. I think that that like that type of interaction works best for you because I feel like I don't make assumptions often, but I'm going to make this assumption is that, you know, yourself, I do like, you know, who you are, which Mm -hmm. is what's important. But I feel like people who don't know who themselves don't know who themselves are need to get off of social media for a bit, because I promise you, you will not find yourself on a screen, right? Like you will not find yourself on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, 
whatever, Instagram, blah, blah, blah. All those things are great tools to network and keep in touch with people. But if you're lost and you don't know where you are and you don't know who you are, you're not going to find yourself on the internet. You're going to replicate somebody you look up to, and then it's not going to work out. And then you're going to feel like you're a failure. You know, I think that that's such a, like, you're so smart when you say that because (laughs) now it is, it's true. Like I have, again, I've had my teenagers, they're almost out. Thank God. The last one's almost grown up and ready to go. (laughs) We're going to have so much fun with that. No, I'm teasing. My mom is still here. (laughs) My mom has Alzheimer's. She'll be here forever with me until she's not. But, you know, I, I sometimes sit and just earlier I went through the laundry. I was trying to find some towels to put in the washer Mm -hmm. and my, every shirt that my 16 year old has is cropped. She's cut the bottom off (laughs) of her shirts. Right. Yep. And I'm like, what is the driving force as a mom? I want to know, are you like, do you all little girls now (laughs) cut the bottoms off their shirts? And she's like, Oh, gosh, mom, you're so stupid. Right. Like, <laughs> of course. Of yeah. course. But that's, she's supposed to do that. She's a teenager and she has her own style, which is hilarious that it's back to the style that I was wearing back in high school. We didn't do crop tops though, by the way, that wasn't approved ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we did the big baggy mom jeans and all that kind of thing, which mm-hmm. is it's next level hilarity to me because also um, when we get done with this, I'm going to send you this picture. You're going to love it. It's me at my, my senior prom with my hair. Um, I don't know if you know this, like in the early nineties, late eighties, we had big hair, right? We had big hair. It's embarrassing, but I look like an angel because of the light shining through my big giant hair. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So I'm waiting for the hair to come back. I don't know if it will, because you know, hair probably will. In the ozone. (laughs) Everything, everything is working in a cycle. (laughs) I don't want the big hair ever again. I can't do it, It, but it may come back. It might have to. It might, it might. I will just die. You know, it's um, it's always a pleasure to talk to somebody who, you know, even though honestly, you're young enough to be my son, but you're so right about so many things that it gives me hope for the future. Does that help? Yeah. Like it really does <laughs> because I know there's people out there like you. There's I meet so kids that are younger than me that I'm like, how do you know this? You wise sage. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. It's, you know, I think it's because, and I believe in reincarnation by the way. So, and, and not to throw that out to anybody else, but I do believe that we all do keep coming back just for whatever reason it is that we need to come back to learn lessons and to be better people. And I, I, I hesitate to tell people um, that, but I, I have to, because that's what I believe in my heart. And I don't know if that is, you know, is it because I grew up in such a very strict Christian home that I have fallen into this, this knowledge or what I think is, is, is a better way of looking at things. Again, I don't want to hear the bad stuff. I don't want to hear the good stuff. And that doesn't right. necessarily align with <laughs> at church. You don't do things period, right? Like it's a, it's a no-go for a lot of situations in a lot of religions. And I just want to show people loving kindness. That's all. That's the only part I want to show. I don't need to tell people they're going to go to a fictitious place of death and doom and harm ever. Yeah. I don't I like no matter how bad you are, you do you over there and I'll be over here. Okay. Yeah, what I've learned is that like I have friends of all types of beliefs and all of them know what I believe and I know what all of them believe. And a lot of people are like, I just want to shy away from religion. And I'm like, 
you will never go as deep into your friendships and relationships if nobody knows like what's driving you deep, yeah. deep inside. Right. And it's like, and if that's a part of your identity and you identify with that, then your friends should know. Obviously, you don't have to run up to every stranger like Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the right, life. Like right. you don't need to don't right. be that psychopath. But <laughs> <laughs> the people you form relationships with, like learn to love them and who they are and what they believe and what they know, because to them what you think is not true could be everything that they stake their life on. And it's going to be absolutely devastating to them for you to, you know, gain this friendship just to go and try to convert them to something else, blah, blah, blah. So I think that it's beautiful that you're like, Hey, this is what I believe. I'm like, cool. I do. Well, and again, and I'll get, uh, listen, after, after certain people listen to this, they'll be calling and being like, Oh my gosh, what's wrong with you devil worshiper and blah, blah, blah. That happens. But you know what? I, I, again, I send them all the love that I can because I only know me inside here and that's all I know. And I want to portray the best part of me outside to other people. And, and so all this loving kindness just bubbles up sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to share it. You got to share it. I'm one of those kind of gals. I like to, I, I want to walk in there. I'm a Pollyanna for gosh sakes. <laughs> yeah, two L's. Two L's for lots of love. Don't forget it. <laughs> it's in my brain. It's in my brain. It's not going anywhere. Get it, right? And there is also a capital A in the uh, Anna part. There is. Mom with fancy. Yeah. That's my first name, Pollyanna. It's great. It's Wait, crazy. the amazing part isn't in there? Yes. Okay. I'm going to say. I just added that because she wasn't. False advertisement. Really, I was kidding. She really wasn't down for that, right? Yeah. <laughs> but now when I tell her what I do, of course, you know, she's just like, so you have a radio show? And I'm like, no, mama, it's not a radio show. <laughs> it's just not on the radio. Not on the radio. That's, that's what I say every time. It's exactly. It's, it's a radio show. She's not on the radio yet. <laughs> One day. No, we will be the radio. Podcast will be the radio. Yeah, it is. I mean, it essentially is now almost. Yes. Well, you know, it's the greatest thing ever to see all the amazing indie podcasters that are out there to come to like, again, I'm going to, I always I always start talking about Twitter spaces because that is where I've met so many wonderful people. That's where I met you. That's where I met Pixie um, from, you know, next up on stage or is it next on stage? Next on stage one. Yeah. I say that. I like that every time <laughs> You're I don't know what my brain is doing to me. When there I are do so that. many names. There's so many podcasts with so many. There are. And you know, it's my favorite. You remembered Pixie. That's the yes, I do. Part. Cause I freaking love her. I, I really enjoyed the the camaraderie and the way that we help each other out, I think is, is the best. And, you know, like now that I've met you in like real life and in the world, sort of <laughs> yeah, officially, officially yeah. like yeah. in real life and in the world, I can't wait to collaborate with you more on other projects because, you know, just putting you in my mind right now, I'm like, mm, I've got so many cool things that we could talk about to, uh, to do later on in life. Yeah. Because I like, you know, again, you like to teach children or, you know, like that's a, that's a passion for you. You like youth. And I think that there is such an opportunity to just spread positivity Mm. to everybody, especially through music, music therapy. Oh, that's, you know, (laughs) that's so cool. I think that that's just one of those things that we're all going to move towards. And and later on, it's just going to serve us all well, you know? Absolutely. I agree. I'm in a hundred percent agreeance. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully 
you are like that with most of your guests on podcasts that you have. And one day I will return the favor and come and visit you on your podcast. If you'd like, if you want to talk about pleasure on your podcast, (laughs) I'm actually starting another show that you would be absolutely perfect for. Fantastic. Let's talk about about that that. later. (laughs) Let's talk about it later. Keep people in suspense. That's right. So (laughs) you could say one thing to people out there about music, the one thing that has made such a change or difference in your life, what would that one thing that music did for you that nothing else could? That's a good question. I know. I do that sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) You've done very well. It's actually been the most, this has been And I'm sorry if anybody who I've guested on before is listening right now, but this has literally been the smoothest guesting (laughs) show thing that I've done literally ever. So, Could you believe I talk to people for a living? (laughs) Never. I never saw that coming. (laughs) But Uh, yes, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, One thing about music that I would say, you know, just to anybody that's listening is... Find what evokes mo- emotion for you and don't let anybody take you away from that. You know, because I'm not a big fan of country, but that song about Applebee's, that song is a banger. I don't know if you know what song I'm talking about, but that is like, <laughs> that's probably not even real country. I don't care. That is a banger. And I love that song. There are so many people that be like, oh, you like that type of music? And I'm like, yeah, I do. You got a problem with it? Like, don't let anybody try to, don't try to fit into the cool crowd with your music because your music is sonically for your brain and your heart. And don't let anybody take that from you. Oh my gosh. That's brilliant. Oh my God. All I can say about you is that I am so super impressed and you are brilliant. I hope that we continue to be friends on and off the air. Absolutely. um, Because you're amazing. And I'm my pleasure. Yeah. Ah, (laughs) hashtag it's your pleasure. That's right. So yeah, everybody out there for this um, season of just buried pleasures, I want people to hashtag it. It's my pleasure. If you've got a pleasure, put it out, dude. I want to hear it. I want to know. But Joff, please tell me again or tell the folks out there, where can they find you? How can they listen to you more? For music, any hip hop stuff, you can look up Jav, J-A-V-V-V. There are three V's. Don't know why. On Spotify, Apple Music, whatever. Uh, my podcast is Decent Takes Show. That's available wherever. And uh, if you want to reach me personally, it's at the name's Jav on Twitter. I love it. And I'm pretty easy to reach. Just if I don't follow you back, it's not your fault. It's my fault. Just mention me and be like, hey, I saw you on Buried Treasures and I will instantly follow you back. And Very send you all the love in the world. <laughs> right. That's right. Very pleasures, by the way. Th- did I say treasures? Yeah, you did. It's okay, though. It's, I'm not the, f- it's, it's because I don't, it's like. It's all right. It's a treasure. It's a pleasure. I know. It's all the same. But thank you so much for being here. And say treasures, I'll block you. (laughs) (laughs) You can say whatever you want, sweetheart. You're a doll. Appreciate you greatly. But just so that everybody out there else knows that you can also find me at buriedpleasures.com, buriedpleasures on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. There's so many things. Anyway. Find me, listen to me. We're on all the podcasting platforms. Jav, I am so in love with you right now. I can't <laughs> even stand myself. And I hope that you get all the blessings that you deserve. I do. I truly do. Likewise. And I can't wait to have you on again. We'll talk again. Okay. Yes. Sounds like, sounds good. And right. I'm going to reach out to you about the other show. Oh, t- listen out there, guys. We're going to do another show. Like it's going to be super cool. 
check it out. But <laughs> otherwise, everybody have a great rest of your day. Bye. When it rains, it pours. Water's up to my chin. Once I fight it to the very end. Many men try to reach it. Sun.